Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, and our quick tip of the week comes from listener Rod L in our Discord, who shares that iOS 17 adds a new composition setting in the camera setting. So if you go into the settings app, go to the camera section, scroll down to the composition section therein, there is a new level, or as photographers seem to like to call it, a spirit level setting. And if you turn that on, what it will do is put a little white line or a little line in the middle of a thin white line in the center of your picture. And as you are tilting your phone, it will... Um, it will go yellow when the phone is perfectly level and that way, and this will happen in both, I believe both portrait and landscape mode. And this way, you know that your phone is shooting a level picture. Uh, you can also turn on grid here, which is really helpful for aligning things and other composition options. More quick tips like this. Plus your questions answered and maybe even some cool stuff found today on my, aha, easy for me to say on Mac geek Gab 1003. For Monday, October 9th, 2023. <music> Greetings, folks, and indeed, welcome to Mac Geek of the show, where you send in quick tips like that, questions, your cool stuff found. We share your quick tips as we've done. We share cool stuff found. We share your questions and we also try to answer them. Sometimes we even have questions of our own. We string it all together into an agenda that kind of makes sense and really is engineered to keep us all engaged so that we each learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include BD Edit from barebones.com one of my favorite apps that's always running on my Mac, and private internet access VPN, where at piavpn.com slash MGG, you can save like 83% off your VPN service plus four free months. You actually get a better deal than I did, and it's the VPN I pay for. We'll talk more in depth about each of those in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, it's Pilot Pete. And listeners, I want to tell you something. That spirit level on the iPhone, I've known about it for weeks, months, however long. I have no idea. You have things like that that you know about, too, and it just doesn't even occur to you to share them with us. You know what you should do? Share them with us. Write to us How would they do that? Back oh. at MacGeekGab.com. Hey, did you say feedback at MacGeekGab.com? That's Pete? what I said, Dave. You heard me the first time. Feedback at MacGeekGab. <laughs> Easy for us okay, both we're to say. New lips, apparently, for both of us. <laughs> feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Oh, dear God, help us. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, has, it has been a show already. We probably, yes, this might have been certainly one of, if not the longest pre-show we've ever had sorting out a technical issue that was exacerbated, at least on my part, it was a tech issue that neither one of us caused, uh, at least on our local computers with audio. Uh, but I had a weird audio issue happening before we even got together today, Pete. Yeah. And so that was what led me down a bit of a, a, you know, wild goose chase of like, Oh, well it must be related to this. And it turns out, Nope, it's totally different. It's totally Absolutely different. Absolutely different. 
But all the folks that were watching on YouTube got to uh, and, yeah. and Discord got to watch paint dry. <laughs> No, they got to see the troubleshooting well, process in well, action. And it actually helped. They were able to tell us yes. whether or not they were hearing that, that yeah. uh, clicking and popping that was ruining our, our tape. Our audio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. So. Fascinating. So, yeah, joining the, if you join the calendar at MacGeekUp.com slash uh, uh, calendar, because, you know, that's what it is, then you'll get, uh, you'll see in your calendar, because it's the same one we use. When we're going to be recording the show and you can join our discord or watch live on YouTube or Facebook. And so, yeah. Yeah. And if there's yeah. other places you'd like to watch live, tell us and we'll stream to there too. Uh, I actually, we stream to LinkedIn as well. And there's, there's a, there's a, a, a small nice. subsection that, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Back to quick tips, nice. Pete, you got some for yeah, me. Yeah. So Keith wrote in and this, this is a long one. So I'm going to truncate it some, but uh, he writes in, he said, Hey guys, I have a tale of a lost then found iPhone. Um, recently I was on my way to work on public transit here in Ottawa, listening to podcasts on my way to work while playing some Pokemon go on my personal phone. I got off the bus and into the LRT station when my podcast, yes, coincidentally, it was the Mac Geek app, stopped playing. I went to reach for my work phone and immediately realized it had gone out of Bluetooth range and I'd left it on the bus. Uh-oh. Ouch, right? Yeah. Since I turned on lost mode with my personal number and proceeded to call the trans com transit company to see if they could help. When I got to the office, I checked, find my and discovered something. First, it showed my iPhone was seeming in the downtown core, not back on the bus route. Maybe someone found it and brought it with them. I quickly changed the message to indicate that I was available to meet downtown. Tip is here. Secondly, I noticed that Find My shows the route the lost device is taking from the time I turned on lost oh. mode. And I followed anxiously and saw that it just kept going away. Then I realized that the bus driver had changed routes and the phone was still on the bus. Maybe someone had given it to him to keep. Uh, a while later, I, it was on the move again on a different route. And eventually, though, it started back towards the downtown core. I once again figured out the route and determined that he would eventually stop a block away from where I was working. Uh, the bus pulled up. I saw that he had changed the sign, indicating he was probably at the end of his shift. So I acted quickly and ran up and asked if uh, if he had run my route earlier and asked if someone had turned in the phone. And he stared at me oddly, not wanting to let me on. I told him to wait a second. I turned off the lost mode, pinged my phone, and he said, oh, I hear it. And he let me go get ah. it. It had fallen between wow. the seat and the side of the bus. So you had to be looking for it. Anyways, the useful feature was that I wasn't aware of. It appears to work with air tags as well. So once you put it in the lost mode, he could still see the route that it was taking. So, so I, I think there yeah. are uh, uh, like about 14 quick tips in here. But the yeah. big takeaway for me is that Keith knew about all of he didn't know. The one that was new to Keith is the one he wrote us about. Right. This yeah, is th right. this is to your point before all the things that we already know about. We don't think to share. Right. Yeah. But so the new one to Keith was that it showed him the route. And that's cool. But what was even more important, I th or equally important, is that Keith knew how to use all of this tech. He knew it existed. He knew that in order to show the bus driver, for example, that the phone was still on the bus, that he had to turn off lost mode in order to ping the phone. Well, if he didn't know that it was yeah, possible to ping point, the phone, yeah. and if he didn't know that you had to turn off lost mode, because I didn't know that until now, because I've never been in that scenario, yeah. like... It's the awareness of these features that 
made that story end in success. Right. Absolutely. And, and there yeah. were some new things Keith learned during the process. And thank you for sharing those with us. But the entire process really speaks to a big part of what value I think this show brings certainly to me. And I think to a lot of you is hearing a story like this. My iPhone currently is not stuck on a bus somewhere. Right. It's it's right here. I have yeah. it right here in my hand. Like, you know, I, I shouldn't be holding it while we're doing the show, but it's here. However, this story is going to, you know, swim around in the back of my brain. And then the day that I do leave my iPhone on a bus somewhere and in a panic moment need to convince a bus driver to open the door for me or whatever my analog of that might be. Right. I know what to do because we've talked about it on the show. So, yes, feedback at MacGeekab.com. Please send in your stuff. It really that this is this is. This is why we do what we do and, and the value that I think we, we all get out of it, or at least one of the one of the values that we get Absolutely. out of it. Yeah. All right. Next up is uh, RN Doug from our Discord shares just an FYI in case anyone else runs into this. After updating to Sonoma, all of the windows would go off to the sides if I left clicked the desktop. So just a normal click on the desktop would scatter all of his windows off to the side. This, the cause of this was a setting under stage manager that somehow became enabled after the update. You can find it in the settings, the system settings app, desktop and dock, and then desktop and stage manager, and then click wallpaper to reveal desktop change from always to only in stage manager. That's interesting. Yeah. And he says, for yeah. what it's worth, I've never used stage manager on this computer. So um, yeah, good tip. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, that is good. I'm I'm not a stage manager user. I guess that works. You know, obviously people have different workflows, and that sort of thing works well for them. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Th that's something uh, important to know because that would be particularly frustrating, right? Right, Just, right. I don't want my windows back. Where'd they go? <laughs> Another frustrating thing, and and this might also fall into the you know PSA category, comes from listener Scott, who says, um, if anyone has iOS 17 and has custom ringtones, don't look at them or change them or do anything with them in settings as they will go away. If you do, uh, the, when he wrote this in earlier this week, he was on 17.0.1. Uh, no 17.0.3 just came out just before we recorded this episode. He says 17.01 doesn't or didn't recognize custom ringtones that are actually loaded on the phone. If you have one set and have not looked at it in settings, it will work just fine until you look. So this is like Schrodinger's uh, ringtone, because when you <laughs> when you when you look at it, it messes right. up the experiment. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. In fact, he, gosh, I Scott, I need to give you credit for this. Great minds think alike. His next yeah. sentence is. It's Heisenberg's bug. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's Heisenberg's yeah. ringtone. Yeah, sure. Either one. Yeah. Uh, once you there look, you it will now be set to vibrate only or default, depending on where you look at it. And he found a Reddit post that talks about this. Um, and he and and this list or this user on Reddit uh, tested it that there is a way to bring them back, and it is quite an involved process. So I will. Um, I will I will leave that as an exercise for the listener, but there is a solution. Look in MacGeekab.com uh, for the show notes for 1003, or you can go directly to them at uh, mgg.fm slash 1003. So thank you for that, Scott. Good, uh, good heads up. Yep. 
Don't want yeah. to break that. Let's see. Uh, you know, uh, oh, go ahead. Do you have something on that? Or can uh, I take that's just still, you know, mentioning Schrodinger is always the uh, one that uh, brings me to ask the question. Did, did Schrodinger's cat get killed with Occam's razor? I'm just asking for Thanks, a friend. That, we appreciate that. <laughs> it's going to be one of these shows. <laughs> oh, it already is. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, it just is, right? It's it's just how it is today. Yeah. You have turned into the tuned into the smart aleck geek. Yeah, yeah well, it's been a punchy morning. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Um, Stephen shares a sort of the the quick tip. I think the quick tip that might have started them all, or at least started us calling them essential quick tip. It's an essential quick tip. It is definitely a revisited quick tip. We go through this about once or twice a year. But what Stephen shares is uh, he says, and and I'll I'll share it as he wrote it. I know many of us know this because we've talked about it on the show. Uh, He says. There is a tip that works for both iPhone and iPad to quickly move around in a text box, push down or hold down on the space bar on the virtual keyboard. And after a moment of keeping your finger down, it turns into a trackpad where you can move the cursor anywhere within that text block. He says, this is great when working on emails and other long documents. Boy, howdy. I couldn't agree more. This is that quick tip. Where if you show this to someone who has not seen it before, they will never forget you uh, and will look at you like you just made fire for the first time for them. Uh, It is. And and if and I know that there are some listeners out there who for whom you're hearing this for the first time. So the, 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 the long and short of it is in a text edit field, when you have the keyboard up, hold down the space bar, just push on the space bar. For half a second, when, the key. When the, well, when all the keys go blank, yeah, ex- exactly. The letters yeah. will will go blank, and then you can just drag around like your your keyboard is a trackpad, and watch what happens. The cursor just moves. It's amazing. Works on iPad OS too. Yep, it's awesome. Yep. So thank you for awesome. that, Stephen. It's uh, it 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 is it is a good one, and I am happy to revisit it as often as we do because I use it constantly, and I yeah. would hate for anyone to go too long without knowing about it. Martin brings us our next one. Yeah. And says, um, you, t- you were talking recently about tags inside notes or tags in general in-, in notes being one of the places. Take note tags can cause problems with different, especially older versions of Mac OS. If someone is using Catalina uh, and a tag is placed in a note on something later, the Catalina machine will not see that note until the tag is removed. So syncing for these things, uh, syncing something that's using new features sometimes excludes it from appearing on the machine with old features. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for, if you're having trouble with a tag syncing to a machine that's stuck on Catalina or, or even older, uh, check to see if it's got a tag in there. So yeah, thank you for that. That's just bizarre. Yep. That shouldn't happen. I, you know, well, I mean, it, we saw it with calendars when they changed yeah. and added features to calendar. Like it, 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 I, I like we, we say yeah. it on the show often syncing is difficult. Syncing is hard and yeah. you have to make at some point you've got to make and compromises. This makes it harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you're syncing data that doesn't exist. And so yeah. here's the question, right? Like if, if the Catalina Mac, has no way of accounting for these tags, then 
how is it if you make an edit to that, like, so let's say the Catalina user makes an edit to that note that should then sync back to the other Macs. Well, what's going to happen to that tag? It's gone. Right. right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, it can't send it back or if it could, like, what would that mean? Yes. Right. And if you're using smart folders, now you've got a real mess on your hands. Yeah, exactly. You right. Know, assuming you're counting on the tag to make that smart folder work. Correct. So, Correct. Yeah. yeah. Really good point. Yep. All right. We're plowing through these. I love it. Listener Rob brings us our next one. He looked at his iPhone recently. He says, uh, I'd done this a while back and forgot about it until Apple showed me again in the iPhone event that the iPhone's phone supports voice isolation for phone calls. And he says, this is not a new feature in iOS 17 or even for iPhone 15. But uh, he said, so I'm not sure why they chose to highlight it or or showcase it in the keynote but thankfully he says they did it reminded me of it the problem he says is enabling it can only be done during an active phone call and so when you're in an active phone call go to control center select mic mode up in the top right and then select your option uh you have options for standard voice isolation or wide spectrum Whatever you choose will be the setting for future calls until you change it. But you just have to remember that you can't change it during uh, you can only change it during a call. You can't change it like now would be the time I'd want to change it. Not when I'm trying to talk to somebody on the phone. Right. Wait, I can't hear you. Hang on. While yeah. I'm let me play pl- with my settings or, or you're having trouble hearing me. It's not so much about them. Yeah. It's it's I mean, it's not about their well, audio. Well, right. But you're yeah. saying I. I I can't hear you because the phone's away from my ear yes. while I play with my settings. Well, you know? I, well I try to make it better for you. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a janky so. use, user experience. I'm surprised yeah. if someone I, I was going to say I'm surprised that Apple has not given us a way somewhere in settings or wherever to, to adjust this. That. Yeah, maybe they have. And or if maybe they in have, phone in the phone app settings somewhere, something but, or or somewhere else. Yeah. There's sound settings now. So if you. uh if you know of, of a way, of course, feedback at MacGeekab.com because we, we want to know. So, Dave, uh, forgive me if I mentioned this last yeah. week. I, I may have or I may not have, but I'm old, so my memory fails me. But I, I use the AirPods frequently for noise reduction. Yep. But the problem that I had them set up, when I try to have a conversation, it kills the noise reduction. And that's another setting that you can go into your AirPods and and turn off the it's called the transparency mode, I believe. Yes. Right. Uh, And oh, and voice voice sensitivity or something like that. So when you start talking, it takes down what you're listening to, be it even if you're listening to nothing, it, it turns it into the transparency mode, which completely obliterates the or obviates the noise reduction function. Yeah, but that's not that that's not true when you're on a phone call. That's only Correct. true in person. I just wanted yes, to in I just, person. I just yes. wanted to share because we were just talking about phone calls. Right. So I wanted to make sure we were articulating that. That yeah, it's uh, it it knows when you're on a phone call not to take your 
act of Outside talking as as an impact to your to your noise cancellation settings. But yes, otherwise, when you start talking, it assumes that you want to hear what other people say. I don't know why people. I don't know why Apple would think that. What makes them think that just because I'm talking, I want to hear what they have to say? What anyone else has to say? That's right. <laughs> I, I mean, they know me. Come on, Apple. <laughs> yeah, podcasting for over eighteen years yeah. about Apple. Like you'd think they would know this about me. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Oh, uh, one last man. one here in the quick tip section for this week. Another brilliant one. This is super brilliant. Gavin asks, hey, you ever been trying to clean your iPhone screen, but are frustrated that the screen keeps waking up, preventing you from seeing all it, all the dirty marks in that reflection that you get on a dark screen? He says, and you don't want to turn and, you know, you know, he says you could go into settings and turn off the raise to wake setting or, or you could power off your phone, but that's annoying to just wipe down your screen. That makes it take like way longer. It says, here's the trick. Lock your phone so that it's not like awake and in an app and then turn it upside down and uh, you can wipe the screen all you want and it won't wake up. But if it's right side up with the screen facing up, it immediately will wake up when you start touching the screen, it's brilliant. So all you got to do is wipe your phone off with the screen facing downward and this, not the screen facing upward and everything is, uh, is golden. So thanks for that one, Gavin. Thanks for everybody for all your quick tips today. This is, uh, I love this section of the show. All right. Hey, did you know that over 30 million people have signed up for our next sponsor? Did you know who our next sponsor is? Did you guess it? It's Private Internet Access, or PIA. PIA is the VPN that I use here. I've paid for it. I am a happy customer, and it's because PIA understands privacy, and they take privacy seriously. Not only does PIA hide your IP address, it encrypts your entire connection. And this then protects my internet activity and yours from everyone, right? Your internet service provider, either at home or when you're out and about, right? Network admins when you're out and about at like coffee shops and hotels. You don't know who has access to the stuff that's seen on those networks or really any hackers that are out there just kind of itching to steal things. PIA is also the world's transparent VPN. They never record or store user data. Never record nor store user data. This is a big deal. And their no logs policy has even been verified in court. Plus, you also get endless entertainment options. Not only does PIA work with all the major streaming services, but it's one of the few VPNs that supports P2P file sharing too. I know. So you can download just about anything you want and nobody needs to know. You can connect to over 83 countries using their world-class servers and there's a server for every single U.S. state, so you can kind of narrow it down and yet still be separate from where you actually are. you got to check this out. I love it, and I really think you're going to love it, too. Right now, go to PIAVPN.com slash MGG to get a whopping 83% off your VPN service. You're going to get a better deal than I did. Plus, you get four free months with a two-year plan. It comes out to just over 2 bucks a month, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's PIAVPN.com slash MGG for 83% off private internet access. PIAVPN.com slash MGG. And our thanks to PIA for sponsoring this episode.
Next up is BB Edit. And look, BB Edit, it's one of my favorite apps. If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know it's running on my Mac. How do you know that? Because it's always running on my Mac. It's part of my start my day script. And it's because I use it for all kinds of things. Yes, when I'm in nerdy programmer mode, I use it to do all of my coding because I love the way that it just works and gets out of my way. But it also just kind of sits there and ever so slightly highlights the code just on the screen, doesn't change the disk, highlights my code in a way that allows me to see where functions begin and end, where variables are. It just, it's so smart. And speaking of variables, when I'm going to like type a variable, it knows the names of the variables in that project and will suggest them for me as soon as I type like the variable delimiter, like a dollar sign or, you know, whatever it is in that language. It's really cool. But it does more than that, too. And I use it for simple stuff all the time because it is a text editor, right? So I get to use it for text. Sometimes I'll copy text from a website and then go to paste it into an email. And it's like trying to import formatting from the website and screws it all up. No, no. I paste it into BB Edit. That strips out all the formatting because BB Edit's a text editor. Then I can copy from there and put it in. I can use it to count the number of words in anything, a document or whatever it is that I open up. And I can use it to compare documents, which is a really valuable thing. I'm using all kinds of things in BB Edit all the time, and I think you will too. You've got to go check it out. Go to barebones.com, and you can download a 30-day eval, which you can test out all the features. And then after 30 days, some of the features uh, are paid only, and a lot of them remain free. Check it out. Figure out what features you need. Buy it if you need those features. My guess is you're probably going to want to buy it anyway because it's great software and you'll support it. Again, barebones.com and our thanks to BB Edit and the team at Barebones for sponsoring this episode. So Dan Thurston writes in with our next quick tip. I realized that if you double tap with two fingers on an app in the dock of a Mac, and I'm assuming that's a trackpad because you can't do it on the screen of most Macs, laptops, uh, it brings up all of the available windows of that particular app or program. Probably a well-known thing but most uh, to most, but not to me. And that was our point earlier. A lot of things we just know and understand and, and assume everybody else knows it too, but that's why we share it here. So yep. yeah, double tap on the window in the, or on the icon in the dock and you get to see what windows are available to you. I like so, that one. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, nice bonus little quick tip. Let's um, let's go into questions because we got a bunch of questions this week, Pete. So uh, you want to you want to take us to G Burley? What what's your question? Which one do we want to start with? I, and you already said it. So <laughs> G, G G Burley wrote in. I think is the uh, that's yeah. the, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, I I purchased G Burley writes I purchased a Mac Mini M2 and got the base SSD size internally. Now I need help choosing the best external SSD option. I'd like for this external SSD to be potentially my boot drive. Mm. I'm considering a two terabyte SSD and I want to keep my overall cost under $250. I've seen some YouTube videos where people are using SSD enclosures that paired with some SSD drive that can achieve and read and write can achieve read and write speeds that equal or surpass the drive built into the Mac any, or into the Mac Mini. Any help out there on the suggestions for the hardware to achieve my goal? And Dave, you answered this. Yeah, I, the so my gut, because you're going to be booting from this, 
my gut would say to make this a truly Thunderbolt SSD, right? I mean, you've, you've got Thunderbolt ports. You could go with a, a, you know, a 10 gig USB SSD and they certainly exist and are less expensive because you're not paying the Thunderbolt tax, but you're also not getting the speed that you can get with a Thunderbolt connected drive. And again, because it's your boot disc, it's going to be using it for swap as well. I, I think you're going to want Thunderbolt. That, that's what I would do. And so with that, I would, uh, I would go with the OWC Envoy Pro FX. A two terabyte is two seventy nine, so two seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, so uh, you know, a little bit outside of your two fifty, but you're gonna get that, um, you know, that uh, that Thunderbolt speed. If you don't want to go that far and you do want to keep it under, uh, you know, under two fifty, you for one hundred and thirty six bucks, you can get the uh, Samsung T uh, seven SSD. And that one is, you know, it's USB. I think they say it's USB 3.2 is what we uh, what we call that. But it's a 10 gig drive. I've got one of these 10, two terabytes in storage, 10 gigs in speed. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're, it's going to be it's going to be that you may not notice a difference between this and, and Thunderbolt. I, again, I would go with Thunderbolt. But, you know, the difference between. 136 and 279 is well it's you know it's darn near double isn't it pete so yeah. uh, <laughs> it's almost exactly so, it's more than double actually but yeah just almost exactly almost yeah. exactly yeah exactly yeah. so i like i yeah that that's that's where i would that's that's where i would lean for it is is that g burley I, I think that's the um i think that's the way to go and, yep. and boy that's a nice little machine yeah these these minis yeah they're killer machines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I looked I looked at the mini pretty I assumed that I would be buying a mini when I when the iMac here in the studio when the screen died, you mm -hmm. know, and it was like, well, and then as I started looking at pricing, it was like, well, I can get this M1 studio on refurb for less and it's more more juice less money or about yeah. the same money. And, and, and then actually, you know, as I mentioned, I wound up getting a new one for the refurb price. So that was even better, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And my mini just uh, to share it with folks, yeah. I run it in the basement. I run it headless and it, it's my Plex server. I run channels DVR on it. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice little piece of gear that I can connect to from anywhere in the world. Yep. And, that's great. Thank you, Tailscale. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, uh, man. Tailscale makes life way easier. Um, while we're on the subject of SSDs and all of that, um, listener Dick wrote in and says, I'm struggling with cabling between Thunderbolt 4, Thunderbolt 3, and USB-C. He says, I have the same M2 Mini, and I have it plugged in to my OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock after having too many problems trying to keep my external SSDs, two of them, up and running using USB hubs, both powered and unpowered. It says, I have one SSD plugged into the empty Thunderbolt port on the dock, and I would like to connect another using a Thunderbolt cable with USB to plug into one of the USB 3.1 ports, but I'm not sure if I need a different cable with the two ends or if I can use an adapter to fit the USB port. And so... OWC's Thunderbolt 3 dock, uh, the current iteration, 
has two Thunderbolt ports, one, and, and he confirmed this by way of asking his question, one that goes upstream to the computer, one that goes downstream to the, uh, to, in his case, to his SSD, right? And it, it could be a Thunderbolt-capable SSD, a Thunderbolt-capable SSD. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't mention, Dick, whether your SSDs were Thunderbolt or USB, and you may not have known, you may not, until this moment in time, realize that there was a difference it's good if you don't know by looking at them, you might see the little Thunderbolt logo. If you don't see that, it's probably not Thunderbolt, but there's no guarantee. So, uh, you know, look up the model number online to figure that out because the that Thunderbolt 3 dock that you've got from OWC has two Thunderbolt ports and uh, six USB ports. There are two types of them, though. There are five USB-A ports. Uh, four on the back and one on the front. And each of those runs at five gigabits per second. And then on the front there, I believe it's on the front. There is also a USB-C port that runs uh, USB 10 gigabit USB. And so that would, it would be worth looking and knowing are your SSDs, what is their maximum speed? Because if the maximum speed of your SSD is five gigabits, then certainly you could get a cable that connects from USB-A to USB-C. Make sure it is a USB 3.1 capable cable. Otherwise, it might dumb the connection down to USB 2, which is like, you know, 480 megabits or about half a gigabit-ish. And you don't want that. Uh, But if it is a 10 gigabit, then you would need to plug that in to, uh, again, with a USB uh, 3.1 capable cable into the USB-C port on the front so that you get full speeds and then it would be a C to C cable. But again, as we've talked about on the show, not all cables with the same ends are, 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 are the same, right? They're not all made equal. You can have a C to C cable like the one that Apple ships you with your iPhone that will only support USB two. It'll support hundred, uh, you know, a hundred Watts of charging if you want, but only supports USB two speeds. So you got to be really aware of of the speeds of the cables and all of that stuff. So the fact that you are confused, Dick, you are not alone. It gets very confusing. Um, so, Amen. Yeah, because yeah. you know standards and protocols. Uh, who needs them? Yeah, who needs them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, we have them. With, we're just they're just not very good at articulating that or, in the or, cable or label. Yeah, label. Yeah. Like you said, you may or may not have a thunderbolt. Uh, yeah. icon on the cable right and it's a thunderbolt cable well but, and uh, as we found recently during doing all the tests that i did a cable that is usb4 capable will work as a thunderbolt cable as well right. full speeds 40 gigabits a second passing 100 100 watts of power i have a usb4 cable that passes 240 watts of power and does, you know, full Thunderbolt capability, but it doesn't say Thunderbolt on it. And I only paid 30 bucks for it instead of paying 60 bucks because, you know, that's how that works. Oh, well, you got to get a link to that up. In the uh, it, it, it is in there. I will I will uh, link yeah. to it, but I will also link to the episode where we recently talked about that um, because that yeah. I think that conversation yeah, was important. That, that's probably that's probably a better place. Yeah, you're going to want to you want to li- you want to listen to that that segment of that show. And I forget what what number episode it was. It was sometime in the last 10 episodes or so, but I'll I'll find it. 
and uh and and we'll uh, i'll put that link in there so that you can really not just go buy that one cable although in the end that's probably what you're going to do but you're going to know why you're going to buy it which i think is important moving on to our next question gray writes in and says my 2017 imac running ventura 1352 will no longer pair with a bluetooth keyboard or trackpad both in input devices are fully charged and are usable when connected with a USB cable. Uh, I have tried the sophisticated troubleshooting option of turning the device off and then on, but I haven't had much luck in further troubleshooting. Any ideas, Pete? I, I got no idea. New computer, Gray. All right, just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I came up with a bunch of ideas um, and, and actually a pretty long email detailed but back to Gray. And I, I will read... The, the highlight points okay. here of things that you you would want to do um probably not likely but uh, check check for interference if you're sitting there with your keyboard next to your computer the likelihood of bluetooth frequency interference is going to be pretty low but i reference back to the fact that we had an led light bulb interfering with the ability for your garage door opener to work on a recent episode and that's a whole nother question well and we so, know that some uh usb3 uh, hard drives will yes. interfere with the Bluetooth connections on a Mac. So it's possible. Possible. Yeah. Yep. Not likely, but Pro possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it would pair, but not, uh, not be as usable. You know, it would be intermittently yeah. usable, but be I think hinky. you'd get it to pair. So yeah. 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 So uh, the next suggestion I have is reset your Bluetooth module. So hold down the shift option and click on the Bluetooth icon in the Mac OS menu bar. You should see a debug option in the dropdown. Select that and click the re reset the Bluetooth module um, and then restart your Mac. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot. This about is that. kind of extreme, but delete all your Bluetooth preferences. They're easy to get back. So, um, you know, get navigate to finder, press command shift G. Bring up the go to folder, type in library preferences and hit enter and uh, find com.apple.bluetooth.plist. Move it to the trash and restart your Mac and, and get them back. Um, and I think he said this was an older uh, Mac, uh, an Intel Mac. So, it's Intel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so then try setting resetting the iMacs PRAM and, and VRAM. Yeah. And um, the SMC. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't have the SMC. In no, because when it sounds like hardware, sometimes it's not hardware. It's the SMC, right? The system management controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So so try those. Uh, remove and repair devices. Kind of sounds like you did that with the power off and power back on, but um, uh, but removing them from your Bluetooth, you're doing that above with your Bluetooth preferences P list by eliminating that, but that, that may help. Um I, I got this one when I called Mac over my syncing issue. Uh, just just up, update the operating system. Make sure you're up to date, and sometimes that can fix Bluetooth issues. Sure. Um, that's kind of a lazy one. Uh, I agree. You, he was already up to date. Like, I, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. Um, the likely, that's not likely, but it's something to think about. Sure. Uh, safe mode. Try booting your Mac into the safe mode by holding down the shift key during the startup. And it'll only load the essential software and such and see if you get your Bluetooth issues there. Um, external interference. Uh, we kind of talked about that uh, already. So uh, let's see. The next one was, oh, test test on another user account. And again, oh, as like I've that. stated before, on my machine, I have my name is my one account. My other account is Shooter, as in Troubleshooter. 
Um, so, I like that. Uh, That's yeah. better than test, which is yeah. an obvious username. So, yeah. and listen, whatever you do, if you create that test user, make it a password you can remember, but don't make it test. And I Ooh. swear my test user accounts, passwords are not test. <laughs> I, I swear. Please don't check that for me, though. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then uh, I would give that troubleshooting account admin privileges. That's Wouldn't why you, you don't want to make it test. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You want okay. full admin privileges on that account yeah. because you may not, you may need like what a lot of the oh, things you, you share to recover other information. Yeah. And a lot of the things you shared are, I mean, they're good troubleshooting for this problem, but they are also simply good general troubleshooting steps. And there may be a time when you need to use that test user account because you can't log into your main user account. You know, there might be right. some some startup item or something getting in the way that's causing a crash. And so now you need to go and like touch it from the other side. And so it needs to have admin privileges, but um, you don't want to make the password test. So, yeah. 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 Gee, maybe test exclamation point. I don't know. Just sure. <laughs> sure. I know. Make it password. Oh, there you go. Or monkey. <laughs> yeah. Monkey. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And finally, a hardware check. Uh, it, you know, if if all those other uh, steps above that I've just talked about don't work for you, then consider taking it into uh, to the Mac Genius Bar and have them troubleshoot it and uh, and yeah. see if there's something wrong with it there. But I, um, it sounds. I mean, so I would the the things I would add to this are try the keyboard and and mouse trackpad, whatever it is, on another Mac. Now, the fact that it's two devices which simultaneously stopped working in this one specific way yeah. tells me it's probably not either one of the devices, right? But right. testing them on another Mac, especially if it's only one, if you only had, say, a, you know, a Bluetooth keyboard and a, a wired mouse or vice versa, or, you know, something, I, you know, testing on another Mac just to confirm, isolate, like that that's honoring the troubleshooting process. So certainly you doing that wouldn't be a bad thing, but I think we know what you're going to find that the keyboard and the trackpad work just fine over Bluetooth with any device except this one. And that tells me you've got a Bluetooth problem. If you know, the software test, the SMC reset, all of that doesn't solve it. Um, you know, for less than 15 bucks, you can buy a USB, a Bluetooth adapter to plug in to your Mac. And I've tested these on, on a lot of different Macs. TP link makes one, but they are like, so do brands who have names you've never even heard of. Look on Amazon for a Bluetooth, you know, receiver dongle, whatever you want yeah. to call it. You can upgrade yourself to Bluetooth five by doing this. And more often than not, you just plug it in and the Mac recognizes it as your Bluetooth receiver. That may be the simplest answer. I had a Mac years ago where the Bluetooth chip went just, you know, went kaput. And so I, I spent whatever, 13 bucks and bought one of these things and plugged it in and I never even thought about it again. Like it was nice. like, oh yeah, my Mac has Bluetooth now. 
Yeah, you know, it was, yeah, it just it just worked. So, what about uh, so I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you with a stump dummy question then real sure. quickly, Dave. Um, so Bluetooth five, I didn't realize we were up to the fifth protocol. Yep. Do, do you recall some of the features that have been added? Is it just speed? Is it better encryption? Uh, let's let's look here. I do, I don't know the answer to this off the top of my head, right. but Where's Brian Monroe when you need him. Yep, Bluetooth five <laughs> is faster in theory than bluetooth 4 was okay. uh, bluetooth 4 maxed out at either one megabits per second or 25 if you were using enhanced data rate bluetooth 5 doubles that to two on yep. bluetooth le and 50 on enhanced data rate the range also holy smokes the range correct it goes you from, gotta be in the same county i guess but that's about <laughs> yeah it goes from 200 feet to 800 feet um I, again it you know real best 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 yeah. sort of best case conditions. Power requirements are lower with Bluetooth five, um, and so I, like for what you're doing, it doesn't matter whether you have probably Bluetooth three would be enough for your keyboards and all of that stuff. But if you're going to bother to buy a Bluetooth adapter, no reason not to make it a Bluetooth five. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though the the problem with that is. Um now it escapes it escapes me uh the gent's name that we just read about the uh the bus excursion it's going to take him a lot longer oh, to realize yeah yeah <laughs> that's right him, keith yeah hey, your your phone's going to make it halfway across town before you realize yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. in range anymore. that's fair well but i mean it can look at signal strength it it would be sure. interesting to see if apple is just using a binary sort of can you see it or not versus uh, you know something more like hey this gotcha. is far away from you now because it yeah. can know those things so sure yeah, yeah that'd be interesting yeah, yeah in fact yeah what is fascinating to me is the technology on keys yeah for for automobiles like oh, if yeah. you if you leave the key on the roof of your car it won't start right but if you bring it in the cabin, it'll start. How do yes. it know? <laughs> I know. I know. It's not that Bluetooth. Is, that's just RF. No. But even still, how it's a different. Yeah. But yeah. That, how does it? That is fascinating. I tech. wonder if it's, you know, that's a really good question. I wonder if there are multiple sensors in the cabin and it is triangulating to see it, whether the key is not just nearby, but yeah. where nearby. Because if you put what three sensors in there. I think three would be enough. Four would yeah. certainly be enough to give you exactly like which direction is it, and therefore is it in the cabin? That's right. a, I have somebody knows. Let us know in the yeah. chat at you know at macgeekup.com slash discord or or feedback at macgeekup.com. But you're raising the level of complexity like crazy. Yeah, but in know. a car, you'd really want to know that. Abs like, oh, absolutely. You don't want that key on the roof of the car. No. Or your, your host. Your host. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the nice word for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. It, interesting. Oh. I so like wonder how we wandered down this rabbit hole. Sorry. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> um, Gary brings up a an interesting question. He was talking about name drop and he was, which is the the new feature in iOS 17, where you can you know get your phone close to somebody else's, and then it'll ask if you want to like share your contact information and that sort of thing, which is great. But what if you don't want to share all of the details in your contact record because you might have lots of stuff in there that you want to have for you in your contact sure. record, but 
are not the kinds of things you want to share. And so Gary was saying, maybe you need to create a, a minimal contact record. But of course, then you, you might not get all the benefits that you want. Like it's not going to see your contacts for various you know services like messages and things like that. So here is the thing that many of us don't know about contacts. You can do this on your iPhone. You can also do it on your Mac. But on your iPhone, if you open contacts and you go to my card, which is the one listed at the very top, scroll all the way to the bottom of your card and tap the share contact uh, option. It's not going to start sharing it yet. The first thing it's going to do is present you with all the fields that are in your contacts record, your your contact record, and it's going to give you checkboxes next to every one. All you need to do is make sure the checkboxes are on for the fields you want to share and off for the fields you don't want to share and then click done. And then at that point, it brings up the share sheet to share your contact record. It'll do this every time that you share your contact on your on your iPhone, but it will remember what you chose the previous time. And near as I can tell, NameDrop inherits that setting. So you can be selective with what you share with NameDrop. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice feature because yeah. I used to have to go. I, uh, I think he had originally said, you know, do you need to, do I need to create a duplicate right. with less information? Right, right. And uh, it's like, oh, the NameDrop uh, choosing fields is awesome. Yep. Uh, so you get to you get to pick, and uh, and yeah, you're good to go. So, yeah. Yep. Um, listener Richard has another uh, one of these sort of curiosity questions. Richard uh, sent us a screenshot of his iPhone, which had a dialogue over the top that said, "Diagnostics are in flight. Perform the following: send feedback, ignore." And he said. What the heck does diagnostics in flight mean? And we have an answer for you. Um, this is part of the uh, share your uh, share your diagnostics, for lack of a better term, share your app logs and activity with developers, right? And so uh, you can you can share analytics uh, with developers when an app has a crash or at other times to help yeah. them. Right. And, and Apple does confirm that, uh, that this is in fact a, um, you know, shared anonymously, but, but, you know, it doesn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah you may, you may choose to turn this off and, and certainly you can. And, uh, and yeah, there you go. So it's settings and privacy, and then you go to diagnostics and usage and you can choose uh, how you want to, you know, how you want to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, not diagnostics and usage analytics or analytics and improvements. I think, how is it in iOS 17? It's uh, let's see settings, privacy yeah. and security. And then we scroll down to analytics and improvements. And then you get to choose how you uh, share all of this stuff with Apple and also other developers. So, yeah, you get the share with app developers. So if you turn that off, then you won't, then your diagnostics will never be in flight. Right. So, <laughs> yep. Well, unless you're actually in flight, but that's. Well, that's different. Pete. <laughs> yeah, this, that's right. this has nothing to do with airplane mode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 So Barb wrote in with a crazy problem. Yeah. Um, she, uh, her, her junk mail 
said going into her grocery ads, I assuming she has a, a folder named grocery ads, yep. all her junk mail started going, going in there. Um, and she's trying to look for any suggestions. Why or how did my junk mail start going to the wrong folder? Yeah, I, I can only guess as to why this is happening, but, um, when you, when, when you set mail up, you can go in, when you set a, an account up in mail, you can go in and specify which mailboxes are used for things like the archive or the sent box or the trash or the junk mailbox. And you can change these. If you go into mail on your Mac, you go into accounts or, or settings first, then to accounts, pick the account in question. And then uh, there's three tabs across the top. The middle one says mailbox behaviors. That's where you set all this stuff up. Go and look there to see if the junk mailbox is set to grocery ads. If it is, change it to something like the junk mailbox. And then hopefully that's where these things will go. You can do this on your iPhone as well. It, it's also in settings. Uh, you go into settings and mail. And, uh, and then once you get that up in mail, you go into accounts. Again, choose the account, the account in question. And, uh, and from there, you can tap. Uh, it's, it's a little bizarre. You tap on the account name, which is usually just your name. Then you go to advanced. And there you get to see these same list of mailbox behaviors and you can choose. So hopefully uh, as you peruse this setting on all of your devices on one of them, you will find it set that it's putting junk in the grocery ads and it will change it. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the weird thing is, is when that stuff sort of starts happening, when you have no recollection, you haven't been playing around in your mail settings, but every now and then, yeah, you know, some stray Tron gets swift swapped out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I got that iPhone 15 Pro, Pete, and uh, yeah. and I've been using it. So, how uh, did you drop it, or what? What well, happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I did. I did drop it. How but, did I know that? Because it, you say in the notes uh, that the titanium is soft. The titanium is soft, Pete. So I decided because this is titanium, and Apple talked about how strong the titanium is, and how great it feels in your hand, and all that. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'll forego a case on this phone. So as soon as I got it. I put a tempered glass uh, screen protector on the front because I okay. still feel like I need to do that. I don't know if yeah. I need to do do it or not, but I'm, sure. I'm fine with it. So I did that the moment I took it out of the box and pulled their little protective thing off, put the tight, put the tight, the uh, tempered glass on there. And that was it. You know, I used my MagSafe accessories. Um, I popped a little MagSafe pop socket on there uh, because I don't have a, um, I didn't have a, a whatchamacallit, right. the, the, right. the, 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 oh, snap case, the snap yeah. three pro or whatever. And so it was fine. Like I could use my wallet. I could use that. Great. Second day I had it. I was walking across the driveway. The phone hopped out of my hip pocket, landed uh, on the driveway. I thought, oh man. Okay, great. So I pick it up. I can tell you where it landed. It landed on the corner of the phone because there's a little nick now in the titanium where it landed on my driveway from a three foot drop out of my pocket. And it's like, well, guys, WTF, like yeah. it's titanium. You told us not to use it with a case. Now, since then, of course, Apple has said, oh yeah, by the way, the titanium will discolor. If you uh, use it without a case, the titanium will blah, blah, blah. It's 
Soft titanium is soft, folks. I wonder if it's because Apple recycled this titanium 37 times and maybe it lost some of its tensile strength. There you go. I mean, it's supposed to be a very hard metal. That's why they make jet engines out of it, for it goodness sake. It turns out <laughs> that it's more about being lightweight, which which definitely right. the 15 Pro, like I, I noticed that as okay. soon as I got it. But it's more about it being lightweight than it is about being strong. Steel is stronger than titanium based on uh, yeah. the, the the bits of research that I've done. So, so now my phone is in a uh, clear spec case so I can, um, you know, admire the titanium color that I bought, but not, uh, yeah. not risk damaging. Don't, I mean, don't it's let a, that horse back in the barn, Dave. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's such a minor little Nick, but it was just like, guys, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like uh, I had a heartbreaker this week too. I actually dropped my MacBook pro oh. about three feet it hit hit the corner nice big dent shaved up on the corner. i actually wound up taking a it, it was jagged i wound up took it, taking a hasp and filing down that corner a little bit now it's shiny yeah uh but yeah it, it hit the tile and it dented now the beauty is right uh, with ssds that doesn't seem to be an issue anymore wow but uh fortunately it didn't crack the screen or have right, anything right. up there and yep. it did it it would have been worse i think had i not had my clear plastic protective case on it right but it it hit hard on the tile i go like, oh, man yeah. it's heartbreaking to have a, a an otherwise pristine machine get it to, you know it's the first scratch on your new car right oh yeah no the that first door ding. That, yeah. that sucks yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yep what are you so, gonna do I, I mean i'm gonna put a case on it like i always yeah. have and i'm not gonna worry about it but it, it's just like guys like come on come on don't tell That's us one thing and then like yeah it's a bummer uh, I want to take a minute, Pete. We have some cool stuff found to go through. Uh, yeah. And before we do that, I want to take a minute and thank everybody who is a premium subscriber and whose contributions came in during the past week here. I say it every week and I'm, I'm or at least I try to say it every week. This show, the, 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 the way this show survives is by a mix of a lot of different revenue streams that, you know, our sponsors are certainly a part of it. And you, our premium subscribers, are also a part of it. This is absolutely an optional program. It is here. It was created because you asked us to create it. Uh, you you asked us for ways to uh, get to to support us directly, and so we created this. Premium listeners get, uh, in addition to the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting one of your favorite uh, podcasts, is you also get access to a uh, priority email address, which is premium at MacGeekGab.com. And if you are, it, it, there's premium is a, a generalized term. Yes. It includes those of you whose names we're about to read that have submitted uh, to us directly. It also includes anyone who is a subscriber on Apple podcasts. We don't get to know your name. Uh, so we also don't get all of your money. Apple keeps 30% of it. But but we also we understand the convenience factor there. So whatever way works for you works for us. It's totally fine. But we just don't get any visibility into that whatsoever. So just please know that. Uh, but feel free to use premium at macgeekab.com as well. In the last week, we've had premium uh, contributions from. Uh, let's see. We had fifty dollars from John in Studio City. Uh, and then we had $25 contributions from, let's see, Mike in Raleigh, Roger in North Charleston, Chris in Windsor, 
Craig in Pace, Jeffrey in Windsor as well. Is this the same Windsor? Are we looking at the same Windsor? No, different Windsors, different states. M- Michelle in Quebec, Jonathan in Woodside, Paul in Pomona, uh, Ralph in Bangor, Bruce in Decatur, Jimmy in Cushing, and David in Troutdale. Those are all $25 uh subscriptions actually that's not correct that the jimmy in cushing was a 30 dollar contribution and then we had 10 dollar contributions in the last week from steven in costa mesa james in melbourne olga from bellevue nick in mount clemens tony in middleborough robert in columbiana jason in charleston thank you to all of you who have contributed uh, this week and at any time to Mac Geek Cab Premium. Really, it makes a huge difference in allowing us to do what we do. And and then we did get, uh, we also support the new uh, value for values, what it's called. I mean, I think what we've always done is value for value, which means we do the show. You send us what you think it's worth and it's fine. Um, the whole podcasting 2.0 value for value, which currently happens with crypto uh payments we got 2000 satoshis from squeegee uh this week so thank you for that too that was done i believe with the fountain app so if you're interested in that you can go check that out we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes because that's how uh that's how you do it and those are always at macgeekab.com so now it's time to talk about some cool stuff found pete oh yeah man oh yeah uh let's get see your wallets out folks yeah, get, well not kidding. necessarily not for this all week. of this no no there's some good ones this Ro- week rod l free. rod l was the mvp of cool stuff found really uh, of other things i think we we covered we opened the episode yeah. with that spirit level tip from from rod as well so you're you're, yeah. you're crushing it this week man uh onyx for mac os sonoma is out and that is important onyx is smart it won't run on an operating system it's never seen before, and it will tell you this when it launches. So, it, it, you know, if you had tried to launch, launch Onyx to do some troubleshooting on macOS Sonoma uh, prior to whatever it was, I think Wednesday or Tuesday of last week, you would have gotten a message. You got to go download a new version, and now you can go download that version. So we'll put a link in the show notes to where you can go get it. But yeah, Onyx for macOS Sonoma is out, and I am happy about that. Um, Rod also sent in recently a uh a cool stuff found for revolver which is a uh plugin for chromium browsers so for like chrome of course or edge he says we just set up 40 cameras for a manufacturing facility they wanted a couple of big like 75 inch tvs that could show all the different camera views we set up a mac mini running edge we open the tabs that we want with all the different camera views. Okay, so you're using something that you know puts the camera views in a browser window. Okay, great. Open each camera up in tabs, and then you run this revolver plugin, which automatically rotates through your open tabs, and we have revolver rotate through them at whatever interval we desire. It'll works for works for different kinds of real-time dashboards and that sort of thing. He says, and now we just have a rotating thing where you can see the the cameras because we have them up. In browser windows, my guess is uh, if your camera, you know, your security software allowed you to have, say, you know, set up multiple views where you had four cameras on one tab, one tab and four cameras on another and two on a third, then you could rotate through that because Revolver is just rotating through the tabs. So 
I like that. That's I, that's that's one of those again it sticks in the back of your head until you need it, and then you're like, wait, there's a way to do this that's yeah. simple, right? So, yeah, I like it. Oh, that's cool. And Rod's about to hit his uh, three cool stuff found limit. I, I think that's right. <laughs> You're right. Rod also shared with us this week, uh, Tresorit, T-R-E-S-O-R-I-T, and more specifically, send.tresorit.com. He said, I was listening to Mac Geek Up 1002, where Dave, you were talking about sharing a 200 meg file with the live chat. That was in the post show, but I did share a 250 meg file with uh, with some the songs that you hear throughout Mac Geek Up. Uh, and he says, I thought I would share something I use and have good luck with. And it is this Tresorit, the send functionality of Tresorit, he says, is a great way to send large and confidential files. You can password protect them, uses end-to-end encryption, and you can send for free files up to five gigs in size. So, Dang. Yeah, I know. So I don't know that any of the things we've talked about so far here on Cool Stuff Found are are going to cost anybody anything, Pete? No coin yet. No, that's about to change. Yet it is. It is. It's fair. <laughs> um, we were talking about mice, and not the not the you know the not the bad kind of mice, uh, but the uh, mice that you might use with your computer. And Targus, I, I recently got a chance to check out the Targus Ego Flip. Ego? No, not Ego Flip. You're not going to flip your ego around. That's a different thing. Ergo flip, eco smart mouse, easy for me to say, which is uh, it's built uh, from eco friendly materials, recycled materials. It is built to be ergonomic. It's got like a nice curve to it so that it sits up on one side. So when you put your right hand down on it, your hand is at the right angle and you, uh, you know, you're, you're not like twisting your arm. Of course, if you were to put your left hand on it, though, Pete, if it was somebody say like you who's left handed or like me who often likes to use the mouse with my left hand anyway, uh, it would be awful for your hand, right? No. This one is magic. The base of the mouse is separate from the uh, top of the mouse, and you simply pull it off. It's connected via magnets. You pull it off. You turn it around. You drop it back down, and now it's perfectly suited for your left hand. It's amazing. Uh, 60 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll put awesome. a link to that in the show notes. And I if know. you buy one of these, this is the one time you can honestly say you have mouse. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because <laughs> nobody has mouse. <laughs> nobody has mouse. That's right. That is correct. But this time you do. This time you might, unless you yeah. bought it, unless you're buying it to like replace another mouse and then you'd have to yeah. throw out the other mouse. Um, right. But yeah, nobody has mouse. That's correct. That is correct. Um, I'm trying to think of other uh other cool stuff found yeah so um we talked back in episode 994 pete about parking solutions Uh, and i mentioned Mm -hmm. parkwiz for you know booking parking for like airports or other things like uh, concerts and things like that lou in vermont and and that's that's actually lou's uh handle that lou goes by i'm and i'm assuming it's true uh says Right. <laughs> uh, says I checked it out with a dummy reservation and I need to tell you that on air parking will do much better for you price wise than Parkwiz. We've used on air a couple of times in New York city the last two years for a one week stay and didn't pay more than $110 for the week. Wow. Um, yeah. Which is, which is really good. Cause you can find parking for 110 a night in New York. 
Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for long-term stays, I, I, on-air parking is uh, okay. a, a great one. I, since this came in, I was going to a concert in, in Boston and uh, booked parking late. I normally book parking when I buy my concert tickets because it's, you know, it's how I work. And I did not for this one. And the show sold out. It was at a small theater and it was in like Brighton. So there's not a ton of parking, like public parking lots that you can reserve in advance there. There's street parking, but you know, we were going to be running tight on time. I think as mm-hmm. we were getting there and I did, I wanted to know where we were going to park. So I looked at park was everything was sold out other than something that was like a mile and a half away. I was like, yeah, no, uh, on air parking, nothing. And then I was, for whatever reason, I don't know. I started searching and I saw spot hero. I'm like, well, let me try spot hero. I forgot okay. something about spot hero. Pete. Parkways and on-air parking are using parking lots that are parking lots, like as a business venture, right? Spot Hero is like the gig economy of parking spaces. Uh, I was going to say, so it's more social engineering or social uh, media in this. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, the Airbnb of of parking spaces. And sure enough, I found on, it was a a duplex or a triplex or something, an apartment building-ish. maybe a five minute walk from where we were going. So closer than any of the lots that I would have bought through the other things. And I paid $13 for my spot. The other lots would have wanted 25. And uh, they, you know, they were very clear about it. It was like, look, there's six parking spaces around our building. You can only use three of them. The other three are used by other people. So here's where you can park. And they had pictures. It was super clear, really easy. And I, you know, pulled up to the house and I drove behind it. I'm like, I hope this is right. And sure enough, I get back there and it all looks right and everything worked out. So Spot Hero is probably what I'm going to try for a lot of yeah. things. I know. So it's the, uh, it's the Airbnb exactly. of, of parking spots. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Because someone has two spots at their house and they can give up one and Correct. make some coin on it. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Make a little bit of coin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. right. While we're here, we've had some cool stuff found floating for a little while. And listener Ben uh, said back in 987, uh, you were talking about different um, find my things to use for your your wallet or whatever. And he tells us about the Pebble B card, which, of course, we'll link in the show notes. And it has a rechargeable battery because that's what we were looking for in 987. And he says the rechargeable battery lasts 12 months. The charger is proprietary, so it's not as elegant as a Qi charger, and you got to not lose it for the 12-month yeah. period. This is going to be the key, folks. Take a picture of what drawer you put it in right. and save it with the with the name battery charger in notes or, you know, Pebblebee charger, yeah. that, that, which was a quick tip we got a couple Another weeks ago. Another quick tip. Yeah, That's exactly. right. Yeah. And, uh, and he says it's better than a card that must be disposed of every you know couple of years or whatever. So yeah, thank you for that, Ben. That's that's great. I I like it. And the then, question is, uh, you don't you may or may not know yes, is huh? it is it find my yes oh no that's oh, the whole point find okay. it's find my no, yeah, okay. yeah 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 okay. yeah absolutely yep, yep. that's right. that's the yep sorry I I should have articulated that, that no no yeah, worries yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was asking so it's I'm not a separate app yep no no not a separate app and then listener Jed. Tells us we've been talking about a lot about shortcuts lately. He says I was poking around for a way to schedule send uh, schedule sending text messages like you can for email, and although I'm not there yet, it led me down a rabbit hole to a pretty geeky th- tool that seems perfect for cool stuff found, and it is Data Jar. 
for uh, shortcuts. This provides persistent storage for shortcuts. It's an app. You download the app onto your phone and then you use shortcuts to populate data into it and pull data out of it. Uh, it's synchronized using iCloud, so it's now on all of your devices. It understands JSON, which is a very uh, uh, standard way of sending data around. And if it's built for shortcuts and it works fine right inside your shortcuts. It's got integration there. It is free with a tip jar. So if you down, I would say download it, mess with it. And if you start using it, well, by all means, send them some coin. Uh, and yeah. it is because it syncs with iCloud. It's sort of naturally built to support offline storage. So you have access to your data, even when you're in airplane mode or otherwise not connected. And then as soon as you're connected, it'll sync and, and push what you put in there up and grab what other devices have pulled down. So, yeah, if you're doing stuff with shortcuts, data jar may well be the uh, the magic little thing here. And I can see why he would have found this looking for scheduling ascend, because if you have one shortcut that takes the message that you typed and says puts it in there and then you you trigger another shortcut by via different means to send something well now it's got to go get the data from somewhere but it's it's a data it's a bit of data that the other shortcut could see shortcuts only have local storage now with data jar that first shortcut can push this into data jar the second shortcut can go and retrieve it because it knows how to do that and you know you you coded both of them so you know what you called the variable and boom you're in good shape yeah. so yeah yeah and That's it looks cool. like it's really easy to use you know i mentioned that it uses json it does but um it is really built to be used inside shortcuts and so you're going to have an easy time integrating this even if if you've never even heard of json before json javascript object notation I don't know. Something uh, like that. But. Sounds good to me. <laughs> sure. Sounds great. You know what that sounds good, Pete? The band? You got it. Oh, how did I know? I know. I, I see know. Jed's been struggling with what he'd been struggling with for years, too, because it was just a, almost a throwaway line there in his email. What's that? I'd like, love to be able to schedule text messages to go later. Yep. If I'm on a jump seat at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd like to be able to send a text that arrives at 6, which is before I land. But after somebody, you know, wakes up so as not to disturb them in the middle of the night. and Shortcuts you know, wouldn't do it because you no. aren't online, right? No. Your phone it, would it, need to be online. Clearly, it's going to need, it, in order to accomplish that, uh, it needs somebody to be able to tie into all the, the phone network. But to have a server to grab that message, store it, and then send it as if it were from me. So you would need an account. All kinds of things. So, all kinds of hurdles to be hurdled. So there are most SMS addresses, which would be like right. your phone number. Right. Also have an, most providers offer have an, an email, email address, address yeah. that will go to SMS. But if someone replies to that, they would be replying to whatever email it was sent right. from. Right. But you could schedule an email send from an always-on device somewhere yep. and have that send, and then it, it will send a text message, but it's going to be a little... It's People aren't going to receive different. it. It's a little different. That's all. Yeah. yeah. But it'll, it'll be received as a text. It would be received as a text. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. So, that, I mean, yeah. that, it's it's a workaround. It's there you not... go. Well, yeah. I could put Mail Butler on my server in the basement and send yeah, mail. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I there we don't know. Go. We've that's, just solved another one for you. That's folks. as close as I'm going to get. Man, it has been a morning of troubleshooting, Pete. <laughs> Woo. 
Oh, I, I feel good, though. Like, this yeah. this kind of thing energizes me, even though it, it wears me out. But it's fine. You know, You've had enough fine. troubles for one day. Uh, nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Uh, <laughs> except everybody who was watching in, um, in, in, on yes. YouTube and in Discord with us, because you, you played along. So thank you for playing along, whether you did it live with us or... Uh, for all of you who listened, we recorded it for you since we we, we saw you weren't all here. We recorded this, and, and that's Go why we pushed it out. Again. That's right. Yep. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for uh, subscribing to the show. If you're not, if this is just your first time listening or if you listen as a one-off, please subscribe to the show. That way you're always going to get it. And then share the show with a friend. Please, 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 please. Thank you to Do all it. of you who have already shared the show with your friends. Thank you to all of you who are a part of this Mac Geek Gab family that we all get to be a part of in any way. Even if you're 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 the only thing you do is listen, you haven't yet sent in an email or anything, totally fine. We're we're happy to have you and are very thankful to have you. It's not even happy. I mean it is happy, but it's a it's a happy thankfulness. So thank you so much for listening. And um, thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, PIAVPN.com slash MGG, where you get all those great discounts on your VPN plan. And to Barebones at Barebones.com. Of course, you can learn about all our sponsors at MacKeyCab.com slash sponsors. Those guys. That's us. Give them a listen. Check them That's out. It. Pete, you uh, you gave me a new shirt recently, and it yeah. says something on the front. Can you read for the folks who are just listening? What, I'm squinting. Uh, what Didn't it know it was an eye says. test today, but I think it says, "Don't get caught." It does. Made up. Does. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. See ya later. <laughs>